the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And he lived the sinless life that none of us can live. So that when he went to the cross and died, he paid for the penalty of our sin. That if we believe in him, we will not perish and have everlasting life. We know that from John 3.16. And how do we know that he proved to be the one that he said uh, to be the one and only true Savior? He rose from the dead. That's how he validated it. And that's what Peter and the early disciples had to proclaim. And they did not just proclaim it in their own language with their own people. The Spirit of God enabled them to speak the same message to those who are watching them. Okay? So that's the first sign that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are clear as to what we believe and why we believe it. And we can articulate that. Do you have any doubts about your faith in Jesus? Can you testify without fear as to why you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, don't be distressed. But you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life. Okay? You're going to have to, and I'm going to have to go and ask the Spirit of God to fill me. Because that's where the power comes from. Okay? Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And I want you to know that every Christian must be committed uh, to studying the Word of God. I mean, you know, we've heard that many, many times. Prayer is great, but prayer divorced from Scripture study isn't going to be that effective. The two come together. They have to come together. Praying and studying the scriptures are the two disciplines that will help us articulate our faith. And we're not doing it alone. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Amen? That's what the scripture says. And I know it's basic. I know every time you come to church, pastors always pound on this point. But we live in a day and age when Christianity is being marginalized, because, not because people don't want to believe, but because those who believe do not have a grip on what it is that we truly believe in. You know, this comes from us. The commission was given to the church. It wasn't given to just anybody else. If you call on the name of the Lord, you are part of that commission. I am part of that. We need to be able to articulate that and live it out. Because that's the first sign that we are filled with the Spirit of God. There's clarity in what we believe. Clear, unadulterated understanding of why we believe in Jesus. Our circumstances no longer dictate why we believe and what we believe. It's Jesus himself. In the midst of trials, you know you and I can stand because we're clear in our belief. Tribulations and, 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 and distress can come. And we know 
that we can stand because we know, we know what we believe. Timothy, uh, Paul told Timothy this in 2 Timothy. He says, Paul says to him, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Paul was saying, no matter what happens to me, whatever circumstances come my way, I know whom I have believed. I know what Jesus started in my life. I know what Christ has done. And I am convinced, I am convinced that he is able to sustain me and carry me through until I see him face to face. And that should be a testimony of our life. There's a clarity of belief. But there's a second characteristic of a Holy Spirit-filled testimony of life, okay? And that is, number two, we have the courage to be bold. Not just a, a clarity of belief, but courage to be bold. Boldness is part of being a follower of Jesus. We're characterized. The Spirit-filled life is characterized by boldness. I'm not talking about obnoxious boldness, you know, carrying placards on the street and saying, come to Jesus or go to hell. I'm not talking about that kind of boldness. You know, those are crazy people. Jesus never said you're going to be obnoxious. Jesus never said that your testimony will be, um, you know, uh, weird or strange. You and I will be persecuted when we make a stand for Christ but we don't have to be weird about it. We need to be truthful about our testimony. And to be truthful requires boldness. Look at verses, uh, uh, you know, beginning verse 12 to 17. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they, had, uh, they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that those disciples had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when, but when they had commanded them to go, as, uh, to go aside out of the council, they conferred, conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. It's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them. And from, that, and from now on, they speak to no man in this name. Okay? See, see, here's the thing about this whole situation. Peter and the other disciples, Peter and John actually, performed a miracle in front of everybody. Now, I don't know about you, but if I see a miracle, if I knew someone who's been lame from birth or blind from birth. Some, some spectacular miracle happens. My instinct is to simply believe, right? I mean, I, mean, I would believe. I mean, it, there wouldn't be any, any, any trouble. But just to show you how hard the hearts peop of people can be, these guys couldn't deny that there was a miracle that had been performed before them. They couldn't deny it. They know the people saw the miracle. It was authenticated. It was 100% a supernatural event, but it didn't matter. It wasn't the miracle that was threatening them. It was the message being proclaimed with boldness by the disciples. It's very clear. They want to shut them up. Why? Because if these disciples continue to proclaim the name of Jesus, 
with boldness, the establishment, the religious establishment of the time would lose control of their hold on people. The disciples performed a miracle. They backed up their message with, with a miracle, but that wasn't enough for those who did not believe because they were not threatened by the miracles. It didn't even impress them. They just brushed it off. What they got scared of was the boldness by which these disciples were proclaiming the name of Jesus. They've never seen this kind of boldness. Imagine the disciples telling the people of, that, of their day, don't look to your religious leaders for hope. Don't look to the Pharisees for hope. Don't look to the temple priest for the forgiveness of your sins. Don't look to the law for your ethical standards. Don't look for the establishment for your blessings. That's what they were proclaiming. And the people in power at that time were very threatened because they had the spirit-driven boldness to proclaim it. The disciples were saying, don't look to these Pharisees, these priests. Don't look to the law. Don't look to your religious leaders. Look to Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. And they got very, very scared. Salvation is found in no one else than Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of Kings. And they were very, very bold in proclaiming that message. And they were met with hostility in that situation. They were guilty of following Jesus. You know, we live in a day and age, loved ones, as Christians, that we need to be bold with our testimony. We need to be very clear about what we believe. You know, it's hard to have the courage to be bold in our day and age. You know, when, when you tell someone you're a Christian, people don't care. When you tell them you're a Christian, they wouldn't care about what you and I believe. They care about what we're against. Okay, I just want you to know. <laughs> when you have the boldness to say, hey, I'm a Christian, people will not necessarily care about oh, what does that mean or what do you what do you mean if you're a christian what do you believe they, do, they could care less about what we believe what people are interested right now is what we're against when you say you're a christian oh you must be against this type of lifestyle or you must be against this or you must be against that and the reason in our day and age the reason why they're asking what you're against so we can get canceled all right i mean that's just a fact there's a lot of this cancel culture thing going on okay and so we're being driven, some of us, to be quiet about our testimony. I mean, this is, this is true. This is happening all over the place. Because our belief in scriptures carries with it certain things that none of us, not even us, really, you know, you know find hard or easy to accept. Or find easy to accept. The scriptures, some of the things that God commands us to do are practically not easy. But nevertheless, we need to have the boldness to stand. The Bible prohibits the killing of unborn children. We need to make a stand. This is not a political issue for us. Never a political issue. This is a moral issue for us. When we stand against traditional marriage, we're not hating people who disagree with us. We're not hating people who want an alternative lifestyle. We are standing on what the Word of God says. And we need to have the boldness to do that. And it's not popular. 
you know, I mean, in this day and age. Because people are not interested in what we believe or the message that we have to proclaim. They're only interested in looking at what we're against so that they can pass whatever judgment they want to pass and we can be vilified or demonized or whatever. But I want to encourage you, as followers of Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will endure forever. Truth can never be canceled. What is right 2,000 years ago will be right today and it'll be right tomorrow. What's wrong 2,000 years ago will be wrong today and it'll be wrong until Jesus comes. But we need to have the boldness to be able to stand firm. We need that boldness to declare that we, 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 we're not interested in seeing people perish because they walked away from truth. And I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, our society is not hearing the true message of the gospel. The true message of the gospel is, listen, Jesus Christ is king. And when he is king, he must rule. When you enter the kingdom of the king, the king rules, not you. That's the message of the gospel. And people are, you know, I, I want to I wanna be a Christian, but I want to rule. That's not going to happen. When you enter Christianity, when you come to faith in Jesus, here's what you and I are declaring. He is Lord. He is King. Whatever He says, I'll bow. And it takes boldness to do that. A lot of Christians today want Christianity without the holiness. They want Christianity without the truth. They want Christianity, but they don't want to be rejected by the world. And so why would we do? We stay quiet. We don't tell people that Jesus loves them and He has a plan for their life and that God wants them to live an eternal existence with Him forever rather than live a life separated from Him forever in a place called hell. We don't even want to talk about sin anymore. We don't even want to talk about hell. We don't even want to talk about the, the existence of the devil. Why? Because just more and more people are abandoning those tenets. They're not popular. Okay? But the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of boldness. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Paul says this, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He said this to Timothy. For the Spirit of God gave, uh, gave us... Uh, for the Spirit of God did not give us a mind that is timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Spirit of God does not give us the spirit of timidity. It does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or self-discipline. Spirit-filled life, clarity of belief. The courage to be bold. And finally, the Spirit of God. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, there will always, inevitably, a confession of brokenness. A confession of brokenness. 
The third sign that we are spirit-filled and our testimony is filled with the spirit is that we are broken before God. We confess that brokenness. Look at the final couple of verses in our text. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. They were being threatened. St. Peter, St. John, all of these other disciples, they were being threatened. Do not speak anymore of the name of Jesus. When you speak of the name of Jesus, you're going to get punished. You're going to get beaten. And then eventually you're going to get executed. Do not preach on the name of Jesus anymore. But look at what Peter says. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now that's a confession of brokenness. Few days before they were cowering in fear. Now they're saying, I'm sorry, do to us whatever you need to do to us, but we cannot help but to tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's brokenness. At this moment, the disciples were clearly broken. What's happening to them is happening in the inside, it's not happening on the outside. They don't see the counsel of the world, the threats of the world as more powerful than what they have seen and experienced and heard because they had that relationship with Jesus. Unless we're broken before God, no one's really going to see who we really are on the inside. Once we proclaim ourselves as Christians, the Holy Spirit will do the work of validating our confession by exposing us into the light to prove that our testimony is true. It's an inescapable reality. If you have been walking with Jesus for a, a certain amount of time, let me tell you, loved ones, and I tell you this, your testimony will be refined. You will know it. The Spirit of God will make it clear. Y you know, y there will be no more room in your life where you say, you know what, I think I'm going to walk away from Jesus now. <laughs> you know, that will not happen because the longer you and I walk, the, the, the more we confess that reality in our life, the more we grow into that brokenness before God. We no longer pick and choose what we're going to believe. The Spirit makes sure that we know the words of Christ and that we follow. We don't follow popular opinions, loved ones. We don't follow the current trends. The Spirit of God reveals to us that Christ, through the living Word that Jesus is Lord. You and I cannot continue proclaiming to the world that we are Christians without the Holy Spirit validating that confession. Believe me, we will, you and I will be broken by the Spirit if we continue to walk with Christ. Uh, do not ignore what the Spirit of God is saying in, in your heart. Conviction comes. How many of you know when you're, when you're a follower of Jesus and when, you, when you're not living in the will of God that there's that conviction? We all have that. You know, the Bible says we're all fallen people. I've, I've been born again. You've been born again. We're followers of Jesus. But we're far from perfect. I mean, that's the fascinating thing about this whole thing. You know, the Bible says when you die, the old nature dies. But you know what? We need to continue 
killing that old nature because the residual effect of the old nature still exists. And I've said that many times. The Holy Spirit helps us crucify ourselves on a daily basis. And what does that mean? Crucifying ourselves simply means we put to death all the things that exert itself against the will of God. You know, a lot of things. You know, it's the process of sanctification. The Spirit of God is growing us and raising us, you know, into a place where our confidence gets stronger, our confession gets bolder, so we can stand strong and firm, okay? Uh, we, we, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to be people that, that is an aroma to God, amen? The Bible says that, you know. In, in, in the letters of Paul, he would, he would use the metaphor of God savoring the smell of his people. You know, the purity and the holiness of the Christian life. That God uh, uh, enjoys that. That's what we give back to God. You know what? God says that I'll bless you. You know, God blesses us in so many ways. God, answer, God answers our prayers. He, he delivers us from all the bondages of sin. But what is it that we give back to God? A pure, unadulterated conviction that we're worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. I mean, He smells us, you know? But in order for us to be appetizing to God, we need to be broken. We need to surrender those things in our lives that keep on bringing us down. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you know, we're going to be struggling with these things until the day we die. But we need to keep fighting them and putting them to death. Whatever it is, fear, anger, hatred, lust, name it. We still struggle with it, but we are having victory as we grow and grow and grow and we become more appetizing to God. I mean, God loves us already. But you know what? God wants to get from us that aroma that aroma of praise and worship coming from a pure heart. You know, I love crab. Brother Ron one time gave me a crab, boiled crab for my birthday, you know. And what did I do when I got that? I love crab. What did I do when I get that, that crab? Did I say, wow, these shells are so appetizing, I'm ready to eat them? No. You know, what I do is I get that hammer and I start breaking that crab leg and I get the meat out, you know. <laughs> It's an appetizing analogy, but that's, that's exactly what God says. You know, I, I cannot savor your life unless you're broken. Unless I get what you really are on the inside. Unless that, that thing in the inside gets taken care of. Because that's, what worship, that's, that's who really worships God. You know, our spirit testifies to the Spirit of God that we are His children. God is not interested in who we are on the outside. What gives him pleasure is what we are on the inside. The Holy Spirit is right now doing that work of breaking you and I. We need to respond to that. And we need to continue to confess that before the Lord. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. That's what God is looking for. God is not looking for accomplishments, so to speak, in terms of, you know, success 
in this life. I mean, that, that's important. I'm not saying you don't plan your, your, your life according to those things that God blesses. But what God really wants is a heart of worship that is broken, that confesses the truth at all costs. When we come to the altar of God's grace, let us not come just for the purpose of getting a blessing or getting a, a, a giving an offering of prayer. Let's not just come to intercede on the behalf of the needs of someone or our own needs or even thanksgiving. I mean, those are all important things and all important reasons why we come to the altar of God's grace. But there's plenty of time to do that. When we come to the altar of God's presence, where the Spirit is leading us, let us come for the purpose of the Spirit of God validating our testimony. Don't wait for any kind of feelings, any kind of emotional experience, any kind of sensationalized uh, experience, but simply ask the Spirit to empower you and I and influence you and I to have clarity of belief, the courage to be bold, and to confess our brokenness before Him. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.